Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. It's nighttime. We're at our overlook behind Goodwill. But we can really Scenic only see ever. we can really only see the lights of Walmart from here now. The Walmart and the Mormon church. It's basically like an amazing vista. Well, if anyone was in the La Quinta in swimming pool, I would have a super weird creeper view of that. And we would, when that happens, we don't park here because it no. feels too sketchy. We just roll down the hill a little bit. <laughs> Move away from this strange you just, above shot of no. the La Quinta in swimming pool. <laughs> and I am drinking a tea. That's novel and new. It is. Fresh. I like tea. And it was actually a well into well into the cold season here when I realized there's tea too because I you want a hot cup of something. Yeah. But I would end up giving myself lockjaw by having too much <laughs> coffee in the day. And so then yeah. when I suddenly one day it hit me. Oh, there's tea. Tea's I could have thing. tea. So yep. that's what I'm doing now. Yep. Well, I'm just sticking with my diet Dr. Pepper. So what we're what we're telling you here in code is that it's a luxury night in Moscow, (laughs) Idaho. The Walmart, the tea, the Diet Dr Pepper. What's not to love about the situation? So, back I have to tell you because I find this hilarious. So, Luke and I have not been running lately, but we did run before we moved. We were in a we were running together a lot more, and then all of life was disrupted okay. and, and that included our running and so yesterday we were like let's do it let's go on a quick run so okay. we blast out it felt pretty good we did I like the Nike run app so you can listen to a coach you know so we did like we did like the first run so what I'm telling you is it's not much of a run it was like a 20 minute run mm-hmm Okay. So, but it felt good. It was like, yeah, did that. Yeah, all right. Did that. Everything seemed pretty solid about <laughs> solid about it until I got home and I had a Facebook message from someone that said they wanted to get together. A friend who was like, maybe we could get together. I saw you and Luke out for a walk. you right in the driveway there was no excuse for it because That's we hilarious. were actually there was and it doesn't matter it still amuses me it was it was they were driving the opposite direction of us awesome so i still like the idea way. that your form was a walking i form. know where i know it's like well, we weren't like holding hands or anything <laughs> we were just we were come on we were running that's pretty but that's that pretty blessed good. me that's it, good it blessed me as one of those nice hmm. like evaluations well, of how you're actually doing yeah <laughs> I, meanwhile, at the Merkel home, I mean, I'm not a charismatic, but I'm beginning to think that we're being afflicted by a petty demon. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the most stupid things going wrong. Like all the stupid things all at the same time. Oh no, I had a different confession for you. I'll get to that. But first I have to tell you about my petty demon affliction. It's like... All the things, you know, like the car goes belly up mm. for no clear purpose. It just does. <laughs> it just does. Right as Ben and I are about to dash out of town tomorrow, which means we're trying, like, scrambling around trying to figure out what we're going to leave for the kids so that they have something to drive and you right. know, that. And then, and then, you know, of course, you run out of dog food. And then it's just, it's everything. I wouldn't that, usually attribute dog food. Well, to it like, is when you have a hung, hungry dog and too many things. So I have like uh, Ben's class at NSA is over at my house right now. I fed them dinner and he's lecturing because he'll be out of town yeah. for the normal lecture time. So the Reformation theology class is at my house right now. So I was wildly, you know, just getting that yeah. dinner sorted. But then I have to have all the soup night stuff done for tomorrow. But I won't be there. So I'm like making all the bread in advance and... 
trying to get all the chicken cooked in advance so I can leave the stuff so that when right. my girls get home from school, they can put it all together. It's just multifaceted. And then you run out of dog food in the middle of that where you're like, I can't. Why? This is, Why this dogs? Is, no, yeah. I can't. You know, that. Then uh, Ben was like, it's okay. I will run to the store for you. It's totally fine. Um, just make me a list. So I'd made him a list of stuff for those two dinners, which... Because those were dinners where we were feeding students, it was going to go on one card and yeah. not my normal other card that I use. Anyhow, all to say, Ben runs out for me like a champion, but it was last night when he had to do a whole bunch of prep for other stuff. So he was going to just do a quick run and come back. But it was a credit card that he was going to use, which Winco doesn't take. Oh, right. So right, he was right. going to just run to Walmart instead, get the stuff. And then uh, I, I remembered something, and I called him a ways into it, but it was like, oh, I might have missed it. So I called him, and I was like, are you still at Walmart? And he's like, yeah, I'm still here. And he goes, <gasps> he's like, I'm at Winco. <laughs> and he didn't even have the other card no! with him that he could use. And he's gone and gotten everything out of the bulk section. Oh! So then you're having to go put everything back and then leave and go to Walmart and no. start over. So it turned into like, it was almost like three hours no. of grocery extravaganza. Then gets home and he he had gotten four packs of chicken. I was trying to get it all cooked like in advance for the two things. So I'm throwing all the chicken breasts onto the parchment lined baking sheets. And I get enough where it was like, okay, this is plenty. Now the rest of it I'm going to put in the fridge for my kids dinner. So I had that set aside tonight I go in to sort that out and what do I find in the fridge three empty packages of chicken and I threw away the fourth one that had chicken <laughs> it was like are you kidding me right I now to, I, I threw away I, a whole pack I of chicken I used to feel like people were exaggerating the situation when they would refer to pregnancy brain or whatever I would yeah. say you're just exaggerating this until I had a day where uh, my sister-in-law very sweetly sent me, this is in our little apartment, you know, our little second apartment, sent me a gift card for maternity clothes. Like, mm -hmm. it was very sweet. And I opened it up. I was like, that's super nice. Read it. Put it back in the envelope and threw it away. No! Just oh, it's sad. It. It's real Same sad. time, but Luke found it. He dumpster dived for me, which was because <laughs> oh, he's man. a good man. And then same time I went to cook a roast overnight and I prepped the whole thing in a Dutch oven and did that and then in the morning <laughs> when I got up it was like why don't I smell the roast like there's no sign of the roast and I had went looked all over the kitchen for it and mm -hmm. found it in the Dutch oven back in the cupboard where the Dutch <laughs> oven goes <laughs> outfitted the whole roast and put it in the cupboard did yep. that and then I yep. thought that was when I acknowledged yeah. My brain is not what it could have been mm -hmm. right now. It is mm -hmm. not firing. I know. We'll see. Then I was cooking all the bread for both tonight and tomorrow. And I do maybe overstuff the bread a little bit in my oven. But if it's a solid enough dough, I can throw it on in there on the pizza stone. It does lop over a little bit and sometimes touches the edges of the oven because I have three loaves on one thing. Yeah. And so one edge might be a bit scorchy and I just cut it off and throw it away. That's fine. You know, the rest of the bread's fine. But today, did I count wrong? I don't know. <laughs> Something. It was way too loose of a bread. So, <laughs> so then I'm doing multi, multi runs at it because I'm doing two nights worth. And I shoot the bread on in there and I shut the door. And when I look back... It, <laughs> It has sagged off the side of the pizza thing, gone down through <laughs> through the racks of the oven, and then set up with a beautiful crust, like completely encasing the rack of the oven. <laughs> it did it in both, so I had like this weird stalactite of dough hanging down. Tear that one out with like spatulas and tongs oh, and pot holders. You and, know, oh, it's the life. So, what's your confession? It is the oh, guys, I have to give a a little confession to my sister here. I might have, nay, I think I did <laughs> buy the same shirt that you have. 
first, I won't wear it to church. Which, which shirt is this? <laughs> I think it is because it's the only cute shirt in Moscow. And I needed something what for shirt? my trip. Okay, so it's kind of navy sweatshirt that has like a little like collar-ish. Did I invent it that you have this? <laughs> I don't think I have this Yeah, you shirt. do. I think you have it. Oh, no. I have one. Did you buy it at Marshall's? No, I have one from J. Crew. It has, <gasps> like, a, it has like a checked ruffle around I the neck. Thought, okay, okay. I thought yours was checked. And then I saw <laughs> this shirt and I needed... Well, let the record show that oh, Becca, Becca bought the shirt after I had it. Yeah. Thinking it was but, that, but, but see, it wasn't. I, was, I sat there looking at it and I was like, I thought Rachel had one like this, but I think it's checked. But this one is striped. Like, it's a little blue mm, and white Yeah, striped. well, we should wear them at the same I time and get a something. photo shoot. Yeah, yeah, I needed something to wear. And I was like... Ben, he was with me. I'm like, I have to call Rachel because I can't buy this. Because he was like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "I can't buy the same shirt." Ben Rachel didn't has. have time for that nonsense. Ben was like, "You, that's so weird. Like, you don't need." And I'm like, "No." When you think of how often our husbands probably wear the identical outfit, I think it's probably fine. It'll be fine. Okay, yours is from J Crew. Mine is not J Crew, and I bought it at Marshalls. So. Well, we're in well, the clear. Phew, no confession necessary. Phew, guys. We got through that little tense moment. Yep. We um, sure did. Yeah. Okay. So, people have been sending in um, questions at yeah. quite a rate. They have been, and I regret to inform many of those people that my I've been keeping a woefully inadequate, inadequate list of the questions. And I started trying to be diligent about that, but I think I had a lapse. <laughs> well, there there were a number of They happened ones. real okay. fast. Here's a trivia one. Okay. I remember somebody asked about how did we choose our kids' names. Oh, so yeah, that was a question. Answer that real quick, and then we can move on to some of the more, like, sin-oriented ones. <laughs> we'll just hope <laughs> these things are not related. So, the, the whole choosing of a you know, baby's name. It's a whole it's a, thing. It's a deal. It's, like, it's a thing. I think that the question we got had more to do with how to not be in charge of the whole situation. Well, yeah. But, and um, like, how much does it matter? How much should you, you both be throwing like the down question about it? Or yeah. Like the well, question, like I, the name. I'd say it's one, I think of, one of the us, things you ought to consider when you're getting married is do you have a foolish attachment to any bizarre names? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least for us, we, I think we just went into it assuming that we were going to pick one we both loved. Yeah, we never had, we never had that concern. We never, I mean, we never, it was not on the table. If one of us had a really strong aversion yeah. to a name, that was, just was enough the table. to yeah. have it not be a yeah. thing. Then Although again, we probably argued about some of them in a like, come on, it's just not like that. Because you know how much if you knew someone named something, it yeah. can affect you. Yeah. Uh, unduly, yeah. you know. So the way that we, we, so I'm the youngest on our side of the family and uh, the local family um, is my side of the family. So you guys had, you guys used a, what was your, well, you had. We had to have a system. You Otherwise had a system, we couldn't, yeah. we couldn't think of anything. So our system was, <laughs> it's very funny. So for the boys, we named them, started as a great preacher and a world conqueror was what we were going with. A good post-millennial name, you know, the mm, gospel conquering. Yeah. So famous preacher and a world conqueror. So our oldest son is Knox for John Knox and then Alexander for the great. So Knox Alexander. So that's good. The problem is, is after you go to Alexander, you've kind of run out of world conquerors unless You're you wanted to go with Napoleon. Genghis. <laughs> yeah. And Napoleon failed anyway. So but um, he, he had a good he, run. <laughs> he had a, he had a uh, time he, or two. He had a time in the sun. Came yeah. off of Elba strong. and But anyway. <laughs> um, but anyhow, uh, so then we changed it for our second son to... <laughs> <laughs> we, had we had a system. It only held up through one son. Well, we we modified the system. Well, to it be fair, a, you had a number of girls in between. Yeah, but it was a preacher and a warrior. 
a yeah. great warrior. But he didn't have to have necessarily conquered the world. Yeah, you're like, never mind, let's walk this back. <laughs> so our second son, who is actually number five, is named Judah for Judah Maccabee. Um, the Hammer. The, the Hammer, um, indeed, was his nickname. Uh, so Judah, Judah Maccabee, your Judah really lived up to Judah the Hammer as he a did. child. Yeah, he, he really he did. He kind of is a hammer. So <laughs> anyway, uh, Judah and his middle name is Wilson for my dad, the preacher, and also his grandfather. And then the girls, um, oh, and then our other qualification was we didn't want to name them something that um, was common or that we really knew anybody else named that. So Knox and Judah we didn't know any others at the time, although we do know some now. Um, the girls we went for, our system was a famous, beautiful woman and a poet. So our oldest daughter is Jemima for um, Job's daughter, who in the second batch. When, were more beautiful than anyone. Yeah, they were the most beautiful in all the land, and their father gave them an inheritance among the sons. So that's Jemima, and her middle name is Dunn, like D-O-N-N-E for John Dunn, the poet. So Jemima Dunn. John Dunn's poetry is well worth reading. It is. Some of it's... Uh, Pre-salvation Pre-salvation is rough. is rough and tough and hard to bluff, but still good nonetheless that, at times. that beautiful batter my heart three person god for you as yet but knock breathe shine and seek to mend yeah it's yeah. a great one um or death be not proud those ones his yeah. holy sonnets are really are beautiful really good um then our second daughter is belphoebe Anne, and belphoebe is from a character in the fairy queen um book two i believe we have to say real fast that belphoebe of the fairy queen is rad because she's the because it's a female knight of chastity yes which is rad because it's not a passive virtue it's a virtue that is militant yeah militant chastity um and she is basically a christianized diana so she's uh phoebe but bell phoebe so anyhow so uh we just call her bell but bell phoebe and then Anne for Anne bradstreet and the poet and then our third daughter is hero from the Greek myth hero and Leander. I feel like I should say Anne Bradstreet had her poems published by her, I think it was her brother-in-law who okay. published her poems without her permission and she was so embarrassed about it, but she wrote a, <laughs> she wrote a, a little preface or something to it, on, maybe on a later printing or something. But okay. she was, she was great. But yeah. in her little preface, she said that she, it felt like having your child having gone out with their face unwashed. Yeah. Like that she was not ready for the whole world to see her poetry and her brother-in-law had kindly just published it anyways. <laughs> yep. So our third daughter is Hero, um like H E R O, um not for the Shakespearean character. Not for the sandwich, not for the not, meat. No, not a sandwich, not heroes. Um but I don't really much care for Hero and much to do about nothing. But she's named for the Greek myth, Hero and Leander. Uh, Hero was the beautiful girl who was on the island and, and Leander would swim, or she was on the other side. He would swim the Hellespont every night and then he'd drown tragically anyway. That's a bummer. <laughs> That's not why we... Anyway, we just went with Hero. Uh, not looking It just for, came down to not, the fact that you liked the name. We liked the name and that was the beautiful woman and the poet is Sydney for Sir Philip Sydney. So she's yeah. Hero Sydney. So there you go. Knox Alexander, Jemima Dunn, Belphoebe Anne, Hero Sydney, and Judah Wilson. That was our system. And yes. we stuck to it. And then Nate and Heather named their boys for like strong northern names. With the Gallic it's, kind the, of. Yeah, the Gallic thing. And their daughter's more southern. So they have a, a Rory Douglas and Seamus James are their two boys. boys. And then Lucia, Amira, and Marisol, which are yeah. all. So you've got the northern southern thing going between yeah, the boys and they the girls. did that. And Luke and I didn't end up with anything. We didn't end up with anything quite as... Uh, Systematized? No, pretty much not. So our all of our kids, we have Evangeline. All of our girls, no, I guess everybody has a family name in their name. Mm-hmm. And the boys have Bible name, a Bible name and a family name. And the girls have two middle names, um, which came about... You know, when you set out having children... How could we know that we would have four daughters? So when yeah. you have 
three names. That, I mean, we used 12 girls' names that we liked. Yeah. You That's a them lot together. of names that you start needing to come up with there. So we have, um, we have, well, we ended up doing, Lena is our oldest, and her full name is Evangeline. Um, but the funny thing is we were settled on Evangeline May, but my middle name is Elizabeth after my grandma Bessie, who was Elizabeth. And um, backstory to this, you have to know that Grandma Bessie, my whole life, never wanted to live for anything. She was a... That sounds wrong. Yep, I'm going to clarify. She was a missionary. <laughs> she was hilariously puddle-glummy. Like, very funny and witty and funny. Dry. Dry. Very dry. Yes, like if you... She was always quoting Eeyore. If you said, how are you? She would say, not very how. <laughs> <laughs> and she was a hoot. But she would also never... She was always... It's like their 50th anniversary coming up. And she was like, well, I don't mind if I'm in glory by then. But it would be like Thursday of this week that she didn't mind if she was already in glory. And she kept saying she she would be fine if she just beat Jim to glory. And she was always planning. Like, she, she took a hilarious joy in... Like, she'd chosen all the hymns for her funeral and yeah. stuff. She, she was a goon in that regard. Not morbid. But hilariously no, not, not of this world either. She was just having her own time. And when I was pregnant with Lena, she said to me that I really hope I live to see this baby. Which is funny as that sounds to say that there I was a full grown woman with my first child before I heard my grandmother want to live for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we knew we would probably use Elizabeth at some point. But... But then you had that whole question of what if we don't have any other girls? Yeah. What if what if grandma passes away before she sees us use the name? Mm -hmm. And we really should. So we actually were in the hospital and we'd already decided on Evangeline May. But Ed Luke was like, let's just throw Elizabeth in there too. So she's Evangeline May Elizabeth, which is a mouthful to be sure. And but then after that. We we didn't want to do the whole ticky ticky timbo situation <laughs> and have Evangeline May Elizabeth, and then our next name that we had was Daphne Ann, which is like, yeah, a little bit lopsided there. So at least we thought we needed to get the same number of names in there. So she is Daphne Ann Ruby, and then as it worked out, we ended up with uh, Chloe Lingettis and Blair Abrielette. So all of them have a family name in their that they're named after. And then our boys as uh, Titus James, Shadrach Aaron, and Moses Henry. Yeah. So all of them, that's how it worked out. By the, I have to say, though, we're taking a long time talking about our names. One of, I have to say the funniest part about this to me is that when you have seven kids and someone asks you their name, no one is listening at the end. No. So I'm like, yes, Lena, Daphne, Chloe, Titus, Blair, Shadrach, Moses. And, and that goes off pretty much without a hitch. You do that. But then when my older kids are all in school and I'm at the park with the two younger, and someone comes up and says, what are their names? And I'm like, this is Shadrach and Moses. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> As a standalone names, those are sort yeah. of large. Yeah. But then it makes me laugh because, you know, it it, it has been a funny those are good, strong names coming at the back end. Mm -hmm. I realized that mm -hmm. maybe by child number six, we were like, go big or go home. Nobody, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And Shadrach, we found out there are two types of people in the world. Those who have been secretly always waiting for someone to be named Shadrach and those who can't believe we've done that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hit that with Jemima. Um, that one scared everyone to death. Also, she was born on April Fool's. So then we told everyone we named her Jemima, and they're like, "But what's uh -huh. her real name? What is her name?" Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's good. so that's basically what I would say is. But in actual advice, if you're having a lot of conflict over naming, I would I just would suggest really pray about your own attitude and make sure that you're not using your baby name as a proxy for other fights. You know, yeah, that you're not exerting. But it should all. be something that's just really fun that the two of you try and do together, like right. But if it's already not being fun, you yeah. might need to withdraw a touch. And and the, I would also say that if your husband has long dreamed of having a son named Sebastian Bucephalus, 
<laughs> Sebastian Bucephalus. If he has from second grade on wanted a son or named Steely that. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> then I feel like, you know what? Be gracious. <laughs> oh, that's guys, I hope none of you are in this situation. But that's what I meant by should have checked on that before you signed up on yeah, the but you like, know you know, maybe it really matters to him. Um, <laughs> okay, so, but we would agree on the fact that you should not fight about it unless it's something that has a, unless there is a real spiritual element of concern. For instance, a like cross. No, I was going to say if, if, if you're actually having the kind of conflict, like I want to make sure we find a, a gender ambivalent name or a, um, you know, like a cross gender name, then that would be something you need to get pastoral help on that level. Just feel the need to I'm throw gonna, that in there. I'm going to just qualify that remark. There's nothing wrong with having a name that could go either way. You're saying if there was no. A, I'm saying if there's a, a spiritual, if there's a spiritual that. component, yeah. like if your husband is saying, "I want our son to have a woman's name," just in case just, he ever wants to right, switch, or because I would like him to be Andrea or oh. something, then I you you need help sure. with, on a different level. Sure, That's I'm just fine. saying. I don't even know why we got here. We've talked way too long about names now. Yeah. I think we can call that a wrap. I think maybe we subject. should retrace our steps and erase some of that. <laughs> I don't know. I think Sebastian Bucephalus <laughs> has a little something going for it. Great war horses of history. Somebody should do that as, Sebastian. A, as a theme. But, uh, yeah, Bucephalus was Alexander's. It was his Wasn't horse, it? his dear horse. Yeah. So, <sighs> anyways. Let's do something else now. Sure. There were other questions in the world. There were, um, somebody was asking about what is the line between and I thought this is a good question. Actually, this came from a guy. So he was wondering how to interact with a wife or fiance or girlfriend in this regard. A woman, a woman but a significant woman, not just any old woman. Um <laughs> <laughs> Not just the woman at the store. Not a woman that means nothing to like, you. But what is the difference yeah. between <clears throat> just needing to kind of unpack about the day and tell your husband or your whatever, tell him all the things that are so hard about the day. What's the line between just healthy getting it out of your system versus um, having a big gripe festival? You know, like, where where have you sort of transferred from one place to the other? And how would a husband help a wife in this situation who might, perchance, be doing this thing? You mean complaining rather than... Mm, yes. Let's, I think we can assume that... Let's just say that the woman is griping, complaining, saying how bad everything is. Everything's terrible my day was awful and the worst and here's all the bad things. How does a husband go about helping a wife in that situation? I think what we should think is how as wives should we be in that regard <laughs> when your husband is trying to tell well, you to cheer up ye saints of God. Ideally he should sing it with an accent. Because <laughs> nothing provokes anyone more than someone else coming in with a strong cheer up that's everyone's favorite thing to have It'll someone bring else out the out. wrath like it, nothing else. It is so effective. So I would say that the way it works in our particular marriage is that, I, you know, honestly, Luke doesn't do any tricks there. He just says, I think we need to be thankful. <laughs> or... It sounds like you're having a bad attitude. Or, or, or actually, so or I think that'll what, do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he could. <laughs> um, I think, like, if I am tempted to be looking on the grim, dark side about uh -huh. everything, for instance, if I was maybe being afflicted by a petty demon. Yeah, my, this is totally uh, hypothetical. <laughs> but if I'm just 
pretending to notice the bad deeds that are being done. Uh, Ben would usually be like, you know, I get it. Everything's complicated right now. Yes, it's difficult. But let's not lose sight of all of our blessings. Let's make sure that we aren't, you know, missing Mm -hmm. all of the huge amounts that God has poured out on us. And that you're actually trucking and you're getting it done. And let's not ruin it with attitudes. Exactly. And I would say Luke would... um, We've been married long enough now that I feel like there's enough kind of un... There's a lot of cues that are not mm-hmm. don't have to be verbalized all the way, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, but one of the things that I will do is I do. I've said this on the podcast before. I will give him a heads up sometimes. It's like I know I know how I need to mm-hmm. deal with this. I'm not falling into sin about it. I just want you to hear my like I like I just want to tell someone this story and have mm-hmm. you understand it. Mm-hmm. And that helps because. It helps from the perspective of me just... Because you can be provoked by someone telling you what you already know and have applied. Like, mm-hmm. if you're feeling vulnerable, you're like, I just want you to know how hard this day was. In which case, he gives me a hug and is like, oh my word, that's funny. Or, the, yeah. you know, we're, he's not needing to counsel me because I did already know that sure. I shouldn't fall into sin about that. Or that I yeah. shouldn't... And I'm not in sin about it. But, but I, if I'm being eggy... And like, yeah. and then this happened. He is not afraid of me, and I think <laughs> that the that the best gift a husband can give his wife is to not be afraid of That's her. That's for sure. And to be willing to not be afraid of her, <laughs> <laughs> and and to just hold the line while not being afraid of her, yeah. and not to be so tender about how I feel that he wouldn't say. That doesn't sound like a good attitude, and no. I think we should pray about it. Or it sounds like you're kind of tending to look on the dark or, side here. I know Mom tells that brilliant story about when Dad told her to sing a hymn when he had to leave, and he was like, "I'd like you to sing a hymn because she was having a toot of some kind," <laughs> and and that it addressed it so much to her when and that and it is a really wonderful test because you think. If you're in the middle of a complaint and someone says, you know what we should do? Let's have a little moment of worship. You're yeah. like, why would I do that right now? Nobody wants to sing how great thou art right now because <laughs> I'm talking about how petty I am. And, and it, but it's a good test of, are you actually, are you actually in total fellowship just talking about your day or are you Mm -hmm. actively in sin because you're not ready to talk about I think too like there are days when every which thing goes wrong and I think that a good test like just as far as like have you crossed over is are you able to look at it with humor and gratitude or must it be a great tragedy now sometimes there are great tragedies I'm just talking about the hurly burly of life you know right when you run out of the dog food and everything else happens well, and the car thing, breaks down and the bread goes through the rack. I have a friend just shout out to Laura who just told me today about having one of those terrible times where she had gone to the store and it was like one of those monster big runs where she mm-hmm. had like 300 euros of food in her cart and had to go to the bathroom and was hot and sweaty and for some reason her card was declined you know, mm. where you're there, you're drawn the out. Worst. She's calling her husband to have him call the bank to try to figure out what to do. And she's in the midst of this horrible, panicky feeling yeah. situation when a woman that she knows from another church came around the corner and was totally delighted to loan her the money to just pay for her groceries oh, right then, et cetera, sweet. and offered to do it. And and the point that she made there was that that... God so much showed his care for her in that moment that you would never have picked, you know, you would never say one of the ways I'd like to see God's kindness and care for me. And, uh, the, you know, like that I would never want to go to the grocery store and have this moment. And yet now that I'm here, if my eyes are open to see what God is actually doing here, I can, I can see beauty in what he's doing and Uh I can see a different opportunity than yeah. I was having 
And, and part of the fun of this is that how much it blesses this other woman to help her. Yeah. And she was so delighted because she's not usually there on Monday and yeah. she's not, you know, That's and it, how happy it is. And I think my point is just simply that sometimes our trials are, they're the perfect context for us to see God's grace to us. Mm-hmm. And if we get so caught up in fussing about them, we're missing yeah. a lot of really edifying faith building things that yep. go on when yep. you're having a hard time. And and I think that the, at least for me, it seems like there's some days where the circumstances conspire against you. It's nobody. It's just the things, you know, it's you ran out of yeah. gas or you're right. running late or, you know, just all the like circumstances keep on jacking you up. Um, right. But then there's the people, there's people who were rude or thoughtless or didn't help or the, you know, those yeah. people. And, um, I was laughing cause I was talking to one of my girls about this a while ago where there's a sort of a thing that can happen. And I think it's really funny where it, somebody else, let's say somebody else sins maybe against you or maybe just in your presence and it really tweaks you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like maybe you 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 see somebody being rude, or they're being rude to you, or they're being rude to your husband, or you know like whatever right. it is. And so then that causes you to fire off and get into a bad place. And I was I was like, the thing is, is it's really like being a sympathy puker. Yeah. Because you never see somebody puking and think that looks like so much fun. I really want to try that. <laughs> what, what you do is you think I hate that so much that I'm going to join them. <laughs> Because of my great disgust with this, I'm going to chip in and do some myself. And that's really what it is. Like, if you allow yourself to fall into sin because somebody else is in sin, then you are sympathy puking with them because of the great disdain that you have for their sin. Yes. You thought you'd throw a little in yourself. Yeah, because you're like, you disgust me. (laughs) I can vomit better than that. Yeah. I know, and because it's like it's a really hilarious thing to be so revolted by something that you then immediately must join in with, and and I feel like that's what happens when you find yourself angry or put out or or just frustrated or at the end of the day you're just about everybody. It right. is a version of let me do the thing I least admire about them. Yeah, you know, like I'm gonna. Well, that's especially it. it's especially true for mothers who are. Who are fed up with their children's yes, misbehavior. That's for Is sure. It, they're being so petty. They're being... <laughs> you just get. You're like. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say though. That as a mother of teenagers. That I keep having the. Big flashbacks. To being a teenager. And, I'm, and I think. This is exactly that moment. Where I did not understand. Why my mom was like. Stop it stop doing this right now like the the hilarious like um you know when they're just teasing each other like a like a slap tickle kind of and they're all having a brilliant time for the next 10 seconds yeah because but nothing has gone wrong but they're not yet yet but they're having a brilliant time thinking why would you interfere here and you're like because <laughs> like, because pretend fights because and i always remember, universally turn into real fights i always hear always hear mom and dad being like rachel nathan 10 foot rule like we couldn't come within 10 feet of each other (laughs) and I keep thinking about that and I'm like no 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 I want you to not contact each other don't touch each Mm. other don't tease each other I forgot about your 10 foot rule yeah because because it was always was I ever involved in the 10 foot rule I feel like it was more you and Nate yeah but Nate and I would get into those we we would find some dumb game of like slapping nerf basketballs at each other or something we're we're having a grand old time but i just remember mom being like that's enough of that and it yeah. and it kills me to that i, I here like that i like that like reflecting back and noticing wise parents you're like choices. oh man remember mm-hmm. when my parents what said, i like is that now. my kids are old enough now that they reflect back and go mom I am so happy you never let us just get into the baby voice. <laughs> and we're like, right? Ooh, right? I'm glad that you recall that. I'm glad that. that you noticed that because 
It's true that it's it's deeply we have a weird we have a untort when you have somebody much too old who reverts to the baby. See, voice. one of my favorite things with having a lot of kids is when one of the older-ish ones turns to explain to one of the younger ones something where they reveal in that moment how great their understanding actually is of the situation <laughs> and you, you have to be like so you do get that you do get it <laughs> you understand fully how yeah. sometimes your body language looks like you're not being an enthusiastic <laughs> obeyer <laughs> and they're like well I yes. know. Well, yes, I suppose I, I do. I do think when our kids were little, there was there was an offense in our house that was just called weirdness. Like, yeah. and we would weird. we would well, it was like you need to be done with the weirdness, and it would be like going into exaggerated yeah, voices or funny voices or or stupid dances, stupid dances, yeah. stupid or, not and not like not funny. It's getting into like an alternate personality. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. which the baby voice would, would be one of those ones, yeah. but we just, it was like, no, nope, it's kind nope, of like if you could get it. stuck in neener, neener, neener. <laughs> if that, if, if you did all of your dancing and but, activities to neener, 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 <laughs> or if it was just, just silly, immature stuff, you know, like, like, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it is true that it is not cute when people, get there but it really cracks me up that my kids are old enough to be like whoa I remember thank that you. that was a thank close call I had a close call with that that happen <laughs> oh man <laughs> yep yep it's fun having kids getting old and old like I it just keeps getting to be more fun mm-hmm. it's true um so should we last question last question yeah, okay what's another question that question was about how do you these are these are tense questions that we've answered here. How do you correct sin in your husband? Ooh. I think that's a question for the ages that comes off with... I don't know if we can talk about this without 10 bazillion yeah. qualifications. I think we're going to have to run around like an 11-mile circumference of qualifications. So if we start out by saying inwards. we're talking about petty sin, meaning maybe we're talking about being a little short with you or a little selfish or, or a little... not remembering to do the thing he said he would do on Tuesday. Right, slacking off or being lazy when you wanted him to be helping you or being more servant-hearted. Or he's not noticing you <laughs> Where enough. Where is your servant leadership? Yeah. Where is that? Not yeah. being responsible enough. So we're talking about petty things. We're not talking about what do you do if you find out your husband has a porn problem or something. We're talking about petty petty little grievances, the kind um, that <clears throat> humans are going to always be doing mm-hmm. to each other. Mm-hmm. I think I would say what you want to ask the Lord for is greater love to cover it. Well, because I was going to say, love covers a multitude of sins. Right. And it doesn't just cover a multitude of things that didn't need covering. It covers, it covers a multitude the ones that needed it. of sin. Yeah, And it it's covers... not just like inconveniences, it covers sins. Yeah, and not, and not, yeah. So, so say your husband was thoughtless of you in something, then cover it. Let the love cover don't it. Don't jot it down in the annals of your brain to and don't, bring out. And don't wait. Yeah. And so the question was specifically phrased in how do you not sound like his mother all the time? And that right there is, is big time is it's not your job. It is not your job to try to steward his growth and sanctification nope. like it is a mother's job to work on her children. So nope. like when we just said, you tell your children, no weirdness. Right. You don't, you don't do that to your, your husband. husband. No. You don't get to say, no. I don't like what you did right there for no, no reason. And, and also just remember, you're not the Holy Spirit. Thank right. goodness. Right. The Holy Spirit will work on your husband and you can work on yourself. Yeah. And, <laughs> and don't feel bad about putting, if you are not sure if something is a big enough deal to mention or to talk about, mm-hmm. then don't 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 act like everything is expiring in a hot minute because just just pray about it just say like lord if you want me to bring that up yeah. make give me a good opportunity and and help me to see and also clearly and not justify myself and not and don't stew on it and bring it out and look at it again and think about it and yeah, ponder yeah, yeah. it and cherish and, it and don't relive it over and over how no. he did that but, and, but and like, sometimes say, it's a real conscious effort to say okay 
that wasn't, that was, I think, in typically accidental unkindness. You know, like uh, there's a, that's in a, even in a healthy, happy marriage, there will be plenty of that. Sure. But I think, I think the biggest thing is letting love cover it is definitely how you should be approaching most of it. Mm -hmm. But of course, anytime, like your marriage God willing is going to get better and better because you, it's like the two of you are learning to dance together mm-hmm. and you're learning the steps and, and you don't want to be stepping on each other's toes all the time. So if like, let's say that there's just something and it's always really difficult for you. Like if he tells stories to your friends that you don't appreciate or, or that you're you know, embarrassed, or that you're by, embarrassed or by and you just, you don't appreciate it or whatever. Then I would suggest, of course, you should tell them about it, but not in the moment when you're all whizzed up. Like, maybe give it a beat. And well, then later. Well, feel free to say, hey, do you mind if I mention something yeah. that's could been on my mind? Like, something? can we talk about this? And, and explaining it in a totally calm. Yeah. And not even a, you owe me an apology. Nope. It's a, it is a communication of something. And it could be something like, like, sort of like, here's the thing. I find myself really tempted to get frustrated when this happens. And I would really love to not do that. But I'm wondering if we could work together on this because it can be hard for me if... Exactly. um, You know, is this a cop? I think we It's a cop. Guys, never before has this happened. (laughs) I think... Okay, should we pause it? I think... All right, our officer's going to tell us... We've been cleared... (laughs) For duty. <laughs> when we said we might look like creepers behind the La Quinta. <laughs> we weren't expecting an officer to actually have to come check on us. It turns out this is a home to vice up here. He said they get people up here doing illegal deeds. Which we know because we see them up here. We know park, so that's why. But Oh, guys. Anyways, we're back. And what we should do is wrap this thing up with a tip. We should. It's a pity we didn't just record that whole thing. It seemed actually like it, it would be a like, little unkind. And that we might... Be, he was very gracious. Then, then we might have been doing illegal things if we'd recorded. Okay. So, a tip. Tips. Okay, I have two. Look at me. Two. Becca. What? Unprecedented. Okay, so the first, the first tip I have is... I feel like we've been getting a little wave of new listeners lately. And I, I think that we should just say that our dad and our mom have both written some really fabulous books on family. <laughs> and if you have not read them, you should. <laughs> They're great. They're really good. There's I have a whole, to say, like, family my, big, series. my big endorsement for my parents' books on marriage, and actually, I haven't read a marriage, lot of them in a long time. raising children. But when, as a child who grew up in their home with a front row seat to their marriage... And their life together. And we still have that even though we're not in their house. I can read all of the things that they have written and never think that they are being hypocritical at all. And that's a real blessing. But it is also, I feel genuinely comfortable saying, listen to them. They know, they know what, what they they're about. Yes. yes, they've been they've been faithfully they're doing it well. They've been faithfully practicing what they preach. Yeah. And that, so if you're in the in the market for marriage books, sure. family books, child rearing books, there's just a bunch. Dad's that you newest could, Dad's newest one is called Why Children Matter, and that's a yeah, that's a great one. But he has one on raising sons and yeah, future got men, reforming marriage. Uh, my mom has one for wives. So anyway, Doug Wilson, Nancy Wilson, the family books. You really would do well. Mostly, to get I think they're all at Canon Press. So Canon if you go Press, to Canon, you can get them there. And on, probably on Amazon, I'm sure. I'm sure they are too. Anyway, that's one. My other one hot is hot tip. Back up, hot tip. Me. Look at mm-hmm. me going there. Uh, the other one though is um, a Netflix recommend. Get out. Yeah. Oh, I know which one yeah, this is, is going to be. It's yeah. actually hilarious. I might be the only person who finds this interesting. I don't think so. I think it's since really it's on. It's good. Yeah. It's um, a series. Okay, so it's British, but it is on Netflix. And it's a series on um, Italian gardens, like Renaissance gardens. And then there's one on French gardens as well. And it's Monty Don. 
Um, and if you're interested in like history and gardening and how those things come together, orchard. And if you're living in the cold of January and you are, you know, feeling like you wish you were in a sunny place with beautiful lemons growing, <laughs> you can get a dose of that by looking at the Italian gardens. I thought it was really fascinating. And the other thing that cracks me up about it is you're learning about the Italian gardens of the Renaissance, but you're also learning about how English people look at gardens. And that's very different. That's not something that if you're not English, no, you don't know no, that already. No. You don't already have a read on how they're looking at no. a garden. And it's very different than how Americans do it. And when I was in England, I, I frequently felt very at sea because I'd be like, <laughs> what are you and it was interesting but it felt very foreign it's like a different way of looking at it anyway i am enjoying that so that's my second recommendation because the double dog tipster yeah. tonight so <laughs> double dog tipster is basically my <laughs> no wonder doom. she almost got arrested <laughs> oh, do you have one rich do you got something oh, for us oh man back do i have tips I doubt it. <laughs> I have a tip. Okay. You should go finish your audiobook to Even Exile because I finished Yoohoo today. Oh my goodness. And the guys at Canon specifically <laughs> mentioned how much faster I was than you. <laughs> so it was a little yeah. area in which yeah, I like to yeah. pride myself. Well, I I admit that it has been many months. Very few things are more. I'm like halfway through the book, but I just, it's harder for me to squidge on in there and sit is down. It, it is. is it? It's harder, Rach. Harder, my life, right? My life's harder. Because your three-year-old is difficult to find some, you know. Yeah. Well, it's easier to find someone to watch your three-year-old than it is to find someone to come sub for your classes. I mean, you know. <laughs> Speaking of that, you're subbing for I'm me tomorrow. tomorrow. Guys, we should let you go. We're yeah. being blatherers tonight. We are. Anyway, uh, I feel it's like been we real. should edit this episode much more fiercely than we're going to because we don't edit <laughs> our episodes. <laughs> Would have been good if we'd just, gone over this with a red this? pen. <laughs> how about after the tips, we could put in a retractions section? <laughs> it's like we'd like to take back that we'd thing we like just said. We'd like to be less weird in this episode, <laughs> less inclined to tangents and four-hour talks about how we named our children. <laughs> all right, but you all, you have a good night, and we'll Indeed. see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. You think of yourself now, and then in four years' time, what do you want yourself to look like? And is the education that you're considering going to help you get to that place? When you're a student, you want to become like your teacher. You're going to become like your teacher. Looking at NSA beforehand, I knew I wanted to become like the men who are teaching here. Fireman, husband, father, doctor, no matter where you want to go, NSA is just such good preparation for the person that you want to be. If you want to be an effective Christian, you need to be able to lead and shape culture. If you want to do that, no matter what your occupation is, you need to shape yourself, as, um, prepare yourself as a person for that job. And liberal arts is, I think, the best education you can have for that. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu.